This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Welcome into this podcast and this week we were joined by guitarist Kel for another look at a classic rock band and they don't come any bigger than you 2 certainly in terms of record sales and in terms of touring. We checked out the band, took a very special look as well at their guitarist The Edge. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weeknights 8 through 10 here on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Right then, it's time to get into some serious music conversation with guitarist Kel, who joins us once again on the show. Kel, great to see you. Great to be back. How are you? Uh, very, very good. And I know that the band that we're going to be talking about, especially the guitarist in this band, had mm. a real influence on you and wanted, and kind of, you know, that is the reason that you wanted to learn to yeah. play the guitar. Yeah, it was um, sort of way back in the day. Huge, huge influence. There was like a similar kind of bands. There was a band called Big Country and, and Simple Minds. These were kind of all within that same sort of feel. And um, yeah, it, that's really what got me into guitar playing was this guy. And um, yeah, just followed him ever since. He happens to be on the front of my T-shirt yeah. tonight. And uh, <laughs> a light shining on him on the cover of the Rattle and Hum album. We're talking about The Edge. We're talking about you 2 Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. How do you describe them? I mean, it's they're, they're kind of beyond stratospheric with, with what <laughs> they've achieved. And it's only really kind of going through some of the research, you kind of go, wow, I've forgotten that they have done a lot. Yeah. They've, they've achieved, you know, so much, so much stuff. Um, through different phases of their career, which is what I find interesting. And I think for, for a lot of what we'll go over tonight is, is kind of in the earlier phase of their career because that was also a big influence on me. But it, they've always been at the cutting edge and um, especially with what they're doing within Vegas later on this year, which uh, which I think we'll talk about a bit later on. Mm-hmm. But they've always kind of been at the the kind of edge of what they're doing. But phenomenal live really really strong live band and i think what's interesting as well it's just four of them and they've stayed together through yeah. the whole thing nearly 50 years they've been together yeah through the whole thing just just the same four people yeah no keyboards in sight no. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a, a couple of stats um for openers yeah. i mean when it comes to sales what we're we talking about so total album sales is 175 million uh, which is which is yeah. ridiculous. So I think one of the biggest uh, selling bands in in the world. Fifteen studio albums, eighty three singles, one live album, video albums, seventy three music videos, and, and nine EPs. So that's a that's a lot of output. It's not a bad catalogue, that is it. And <laughs> and one of the most awarded bands as well, twenty two Grammy awards. I mean, who wins twenty two yeah. Grammys? I think this is the thing because people know the band, they actually kind of forget all of the stuff that they've kind of been awarded for. So, yeah, 22 Grammys, two Brits, Golden Globe, an Academy Award, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, and uh, a Kennedy Center honoree as well. So, recognised completely across the whole spectrum of of awards that could be going, I think. Yeah. Um, I was watching some videos of them very early days, earlier on today, and uh, uh, watching Bono, he he was trying to sing punk rock. You know, I think think he fancied himself as a punk rocker before, (laughs) you know, um, the the U2 experience happened. Yeah, yeah, they was, uh, because they started in 1976, and their original name was feedback then they went to the hype and then eventually u2 but i think 76 was the the height of of punk and um and i think where the u2 sound for me certainly where the u2 sound developed was from the guitarist the edge and he kind of discovered there's there's thing called a delay pedal 
so it kind of repeats the notes when you play them yeah. on the guitar. Yeah. So he's got a very distinctive way of doing that. So he's kind of playing against himself. But it sounds like there's two guitarists, and that's what gives it this big, big sound. So I think once that, and that kind of came prevalent on the first and kind of second album, more and more of that, and then they kind of fell into that that signature U2 sound. Yeah, so it's all that little delay pedal, is it? It is. That's, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. it is. Um, of course, um, we're going to be talking about the Joshua Tree album, which is probably the most famous mm. um, one Grammy of... Uh, uh, Grammy Award of the Year, and uh, that was produced by a guy called Brian Eno, yeah, who um, was a big name at the time. And we're going to hear a little clip of The Edge talking about how they managed to entice Brian Eno to produce their work when really he'd never heard of them. I think after the War album, everyone assumed that we would um, try and kind of double down on the success of New Year's Day and Sunday Bloody Sunday and just make a hard-hitting rock and roll record. But we realised that it was becoming a little bit of a too tight a box to work within, so we wanted to do something a bit more broad, a little bit more innovative. And so we managed to persuade Brian to come and work with us, and it was really a campaign, you know, because he, I, think, I don't think he even knew who we were, that was the funny thing. But we invited him, got him to come to Dublin, and played him some demos, and Bono gave him the Irish charm, and he actually told us afterwards, he said, he said, you know, that time I came to Dublin, I really had come along to, to tell you very nicely that I just wasn't interested. And he said at the end of the meeting, he just was so intrigued, um, not only by what we were talking about, the songs we were playing, but also what we were trying to do, where we were trying to go. And our spirit of experimentation, uh, I think, intrigued him. And Brian's a great kind of teacher really I mean he has actually been a, a lecturer in art so he I think he saw us as just really eager to learn and wanting to go places with him as our kind of almost mentor so that's the story <laughs> then you know he was going um, having a, a bit of a tour of Dublin to kindly tell the guys thanks but no thanks <laughs> I don't today. want to work with you but um, <laughs> as he said Bono turned on the Irish charm and uh, yeah. the rest is history he produced that groundbreaking album yeah that's it and um, and the first song which we'll play in a second comes from their first collaboration which was um, the Unforgettable Fire album and it really was a big shift because as uh, the Edge mentioned, the first couple of albums had that very much that sound, but they wanted to kind of branch out, be more experimental. There's another guy called Daniel Lanoir, who's a big part of that team as well. And, uh, and I think this was the lead single, so this is probably one of the first things they worked on. And uh, this is Pride in the Name of Love. In the name of love One man come 
fine example of that signature guitar, I yeah. would say that, isn't it? Um, how yeah. does he get that sound again? Well, it's a combination of a couple of things. It's the delay, there's a lot of reverb, but the real secret of his sound, not yeah. many people know this, All right. is he uses his pick the wrong way round. <laughs> it sounds crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah, because where, where there's like a kind of grip thing, he puts it around the other way, so it's it's kind of slightly... Uh, what's the word? You know when you kind of scratch something, so it's slightly bobbly. Yeah. But when he goes uses it against the strings, it's really percussive, and it's right. it's a one one little secret about them. Not not many people Have know. You tried it's, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I did. Um, when I did Name Kel's tune, I did Where Streets Have No Name, and I did exactly the same thing. I turned it around the other way. Because it's r- like kind of rough edges, it gives it a really percussive sound because I think that's the thing. So it's delay, reverb, pick around the wrong way. <laughs> wow, I've learned something tonight. Um, 1984, September 27th, that was released from the album The Unforgettable Fire. Number three in the UK, 33 in the United States, six million copies sold worldwide and the song is about martin luther king yeah yeah for, for me it's um it's probably my favorite u2 song because it just it, it's that sound it's that everything it's bono's voice is so powerful on it yeah um edge's huge guitar sounds adam clayton the bass player really underrated but it massively underpins it and the massive drums behind it uh, they really are a sum of the parts and i think for me this is probably one of their one of their best songs uh, we're going to come back with uh, more music and uh, indeed more facts figures and uh, info on the incredible u2 as we shine that spotlight on them right here on dubai i103.8 you're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. We are shining the spotlight on an incredible rock band in U2, a band that inspired our good friend Kel to take up the guitar and turn his pick the other way around and sound <laughs> exactly like uh, The Edge. That is really the fact of the night for me. Um, as you say, they were put together uh, back in the early days in Dublin, back in 1976. First first album was called Boy, released in 1980. And of course, uh, The Joshua Tree considered to be one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah, and it's interesting their kind of journey to that point as well, because they they really learnt their art as a live band. Yeah. And they, they kind of did it the old school way. They built up a following back in Ireland where they just toured and toured and toured yeah. and just got out there. And they Bono, did their apprenticeship, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Bono's such an incredible front man as well. Then they ended up booking a, a theatre, like a 2,000-seat theatre. This was before they were signed, um, just to try and drum up record company interest. And then that's when the people from Island Records came down saw it they managed to sell it out and they kind of went well there's something going on here <laughs> right. and uh, and then they signed them and for me it's been it's been interesting kind of following their journey because for me they started that and they had their first couple of albums yeah. and then i think i don't know if you remember there was a tv show called the tube yeah so they were featured on that quite a lot uh, so i think that kind of ha- helped the groundswell of of how they became popular and then they brought out a live um, a live album. It was actually a film which was done by the Tube's producer called Under a Blood Red Sky. And then that kind of started the groundswell going again. The Tube played it a lot. And then after that, Bono appeared on Do They Know It's Christmas. Yeah. And at the time, he wasn't really that well known. You two were like a, a little underground band. So he's there kind of stinging everyone else. And mm-hmm. But he's got a, a great line. And then they played that amazing Live Aid performance. 
which was one of the greatest. We've spoken about Queen before. Yeah. The U2 set as well really, really came through. And uh, and then Joshua Tree, Rattle and Hum. And then they went kind of went to the States and kind of took over the world. And, um, and then kind of from that, they moved in the kind of 90s and 2000s on big, big elaborate stage shows. Uh, so they've always kind of put kind their of craft the trademark, in. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everyone bigger and better than than the last, and uh, and I think that's kind of one of the things they're really well known for is that they'll put on an incredible show. Yeah, yeah. I think they even blew their own minds. Here's another little clip of the band of U2 talking about the first time they saw this kind of contraption that was yeah. a big part of the 360 tour. And, um, you know, uh, it's the first impressions of seeing this very elaborate set. I remember very clearly the first time I saw the production, the 360 production in Barcelona. And it was pretty amazing. It was a kind of jaw-dropping moment to see this thing in, in the stadium. It's, it's a little on the small size, but I can't wait to get up there and check it out from on stage. Willie called me when they just built the stage in Barcelona and they, they had it, most of it up. He said, if you stand at your microphone, you put your hand out, you feel you can touch the back of the, of the stadium, which was, he said, I, th I think it's going to work. I remember when I first saw it. Wow. It had this very odd feeling because the structure is so big and it fills the stadium in an odd way. The stadium becomes intimate because it's looking at this large object and everything else is, is smaller. In general, the whole, whole idea of U2 is to like, engage with our audience. We've always tried to do it. and In some ways, the reason we haven't done stadiums for such a long time was that we hadn't quite figured out how to do it and how to really engage with the audience and that's what's special about this show it's in 360 and the audience are such a big part of what we do i think they figured it out in the yeah. end didn't they because <laughs> i mean they went on to sell squillions of tickets for their yeah. for their tours yeah yeah that's it even when i think the biggest one uh, they grossed over $260 million. I think, which one was that? That was the Vertigo tour. Yeah. That was 2005. And uh, and at the moment, there's a, a purpose um, theatre being built in Vegas because they're going to be doing a Vegas residen residency at the end of the wow. year. Wow. And this is called The Sphere. So this is going to be following on from the 360 concert they're talking about there. This is going to be a fully immersive round sphere, which is being made next to uh, the Venetian uh, oh, in Vegas, just for that show. Are you going for a little trip over? You know, I'm really considering it. <laughs> <laughs> we got more music where the streets have no name. This is you two.
So once again with that trademark Edge guitar, uh, where the streets have no name. 1987 this one was released, and interesting mm. story about the video and where it was shot. Yeah, I think it was a bit of an homage to the Beatles um, when yeah. they did the... Um, oh, I can't remember uh, what was the song that they did at the top of the... Um, was it All You Need Is Love? Or yeah, they, they was kind of outside, wasn't they? Yeah, so it was on top of a, a roof somewhere. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. So they kind of did a similar thing in downtown LA on, on top of one of the stores and did the same as the Beatles, didn't tell anyone. Then all of a sudden the whole road <laughs> had to get shut down and the whole thing nearly got shut down. And But, yeah. uh, but it made for a great video. I bet it did, yeah, incredible stuff. And... Um, uh, in terms of actually playing that, um, mm. it's pretty tricky with the time signatures, I think. It yeah. really is, yeah, because it moves from what's called 6-8 time into 4-4. Four, four. And I, I remember when I did this, because when, when I did the Name Curls tune thing, I did probably about 150 in the end. This was the hardest one out of all of them to try and get right, because it's got this switch right at the beginning, and you don't notice it. And I think that's, that's kind of the experimental side of how the edge plays, how the edge writes. It's got that signature delay sound at the beginning, but it kind of moves from like almost kind of like a waltz, yeah. kind of one, two, three, one, yeah. two, three, into one, two, three, four. But it goes seamless and you, you don't recognise it. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, very, very, very clever writing. And of course, this one taken from that um, epic album. Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. Yeah, Brilliant yeah. Stuff. Radio station. Yeah, welcome back. We are taking an in-depth look at the great band U2, of course, coming out of uh, of Dublin. Amazing, uh, Kel, how mm. the same four guys have yeah. stayed together. And uh, I was watching another interview with uh, with The Edge, and he said it's just because we know we work perfectly with yeah. with, with each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there must have been, uh, over those years, the odd up and ups and downs. Yeah, you know, for but, sure. Yeah, for um, sure. I think they'll, they'll they, they just realise it's special. Yeah, I, th- I think cause also it was, they, they kind of, I think they were formed at school. So they, they were all kind of school friends as well. Yeah. So through that, they've grown up together. They've gone through the formative years of teens, 20s, 30s, going from just being a, like a gang of friends to like kind of taking on the world. And I think it, it actually says quite a quite a lot about them as a unit. And I think their manager has been the same manager, Paul McGuinness, yeah, pretty yeah. much all the way through as well. So it's, it's, it's like a very, very tight unit. And I think everything, I might be wrong on this, but I think the songwriting credits are, are, are across all four of them. Mm. So it's like a complete, so complete share, democracy. They, they yeah. share everything, which is, which is brilliant. Um, they've also um, done quite a bit for, uh, for movies, haven't they? And, yeah. Uh, you know, on screen. Yeah, yeah, this is this is quite interesting because, again, I think a lot of people tend to pigeonhole them into one particular thing, and actually they're they're a lot lot broader than that. So they've actually done quite a lot of movie and theatre work. So they they did a really good reinvention of the Mission Impossible theme. Um, this was a couple of years ago, and it was done by mainly by the bass player Adam Clayton, yeah, and Larry Mullen Jr. And it had a really interesting little turn on the rhythm of like dun, 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 dun. they yeah, just yeah. changed it a little bit and then kind of put a dance beat behind it um they also did uh they wrote a song for tina turner that goldeneye which is the bond theme which is the bond theme because <laughs> they heard that there was going to be a new bond theme and they're like right we're going to do this we want to do this so bono done a particular demo 
managed to get it in front of the right person yeah. as you do. And uh, yeah, and Tina Turner recorded it. But when she first heard it, she said, I didn't like it. And because mm. Bono's vocal is on it and you can find it on YouTube. And she's like, I'm not sure about it. I wonder this. why they didn't take you two to, to actually I, do it. Yeah, you know, why, why it was given to Tina Turner. Yeah, it's bizarre. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But um, they've done that. They did a, a really interesting one as well. There was a film, Clockwork Orange. I don't yeah, know if you yeah, remember, I remember that, that movie. Yeah. So th- there was a theatre version done in London back in the 90s. I actually went to see it. And The Edge and Bono did the soundtrack to that, to the theatre score. And it was absolutely incredible. So they've got, um, and I think one of the tracks we're playing later as well is off of Batman Forever. So they've actually got quite a lot of string to their bow. They're a lot broader, yeah. I think, than people give them credit I for. I think there's got to be a musical in, in the future. I mean, we've got yeah. We Will Rock You, the Queen musical in the West End. Yeah. It's crying out for a U2 musical, isn't it? Um, now, this next piece of music, once again, from the uh, Joshua Tree, With or Without You. Um, and I think this was inspired by a book that, that Bono was actually reading at the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a book called uh, The Love One by Evelyn Waugh. And I think this was, if I remember correctly, this was a lead so- uh, single off of uh, off of Joshua Retreat. And initially there was some reticence kind of going, oh, it's a, it's a little bit soft. It's a little bit low. Yeah, is it going yeah. to land well? But it's one of their best songs. And interestingly as well, Liege thinks, like for him, it's one of his best guitar solos because it's simple but it's beautiful the textures are absolutely gorgeous and it's uh, yeah with or without you see the stone set in your eyes see the thorn twist in your side I'll Oh, if I 
Oh yeah, absolutely epic. Classic uh, U2 from once again that Joshua Tree album. Just reading that um, uh, the band's manager, Paul McGuinness, didn't really want to release that as a single. No, he thought it wasn't the right wasn't strong song. enough. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, it's melodically, it's beautiful, I think. Yeah. I think it's just so rich. Edgy's playing his really understated well, we were just talking about that um, mm. well that was playing you know Edge he's not one of these guitarists to come out front and shred a, a solo no. is he he's no. very kind of he plays the understated song. Well, yeah, yeah he plays the song and I think that's one of his massive strengths is less is more yeah that's his he's kind of ethos and I think he's the absolute king of that and uh, like in, in there the guitar solo in the middle of that is absolutely gorgeous it's really simple to play mm. I think it's just a, a D and a G it's almost like just the chords, but the way he plays it, he's like, I could do this for days because it's just so melodic. But mm. he's, I think he's the absolute master guitarist of just playing the right melody for the song. He puts the song first. Yeah, and we're not mentioning, I don't think, enough of the drums and bass. Yeah. They, they all do what it needs to be done and work as a unit. Nobody's trying to outshine no. anybody else. No, everybody, I think just, everybody knows their part really well. So no one's trying to go, oh, look at me, yeah. no, look at me. They all put their layers in, and it allows Bono to be the front man he is, because he's an exceptional front man as well. Have, you, have you seen them live? Yeah, yeah, I have. You I have? have. Where? Tell Phenomenal. me where. Uh, Wembley Stadium, Joshua Treetal. Really? Back in the day at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, it was just, just phenomenal. It's just, he's someone, he's just got so much charisma, you know. It's, you, you see him up there, and I've only seen it with a couple of artists. David Bowie was another one I saw where you just looked at them and they just ooze charisma. You know, it's just yeah. like you can you can feel it no matter how far. But then again, as a four piece, so powerful, so so powerful. Great life. Great. Did life. you get a t shirt? I did. Doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> you can sell it to me if you I want. I should have done. <laughs> right, uh, one more tune to get in, and mm. this is um, from a movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd, I'd do this as I say because it's the, they do a lot more than just just what they uh, they put on the albums and on the singles. And uh, I like this because what the Edge is known for as well is just using tons and tons of effects. It's got a pedal. How many <laughs> pedals has he got? Like Four thousand, I think. But <laughs> it's all kind of like soundscaping. Yeah. And this is a really good example. You can hear it now at the beginning. That's a whammy pedal, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. What does that do then? It goes wow, wow, wow. Oh, so it's not a wah wah, it's a no, whammy. No, yeah, it's, different. it's, it's like um, it goes up the octave so you can get lots of strange noises and he does <laughs> that on this. <laughs>
So there it is, our final tune from uh, the incredible U2. I think that's a perfect Batman tune, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very Batcave, isn't it? It is, yeah, and especially with that whammy pedal yeah. that I'm going up and down. Final thoughts on, on the band U2? Oh, just uh, output, consistency, quality, absolute sum of all the parts. I think uh, for such a big band, I think they're absolutely massively underrated how good they all are individually. And it just makes up the the phenomenal sounds of and drive of uh, what U2 is. Absolute class. Up there with the Stones, would you say? I, do you know, I, I would. Definitely for yeah. my generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great stuff, Kel. Um, a shining the spotlight there on the incredible U2. to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.